You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, I want to talk a little about Christmas today. We have been preaching through Revelation. Technically, we could preach about Christmas out of Revelation because the Christmas story, believe it or not, is actually retold in Revelation. But instead, uh, I want to take a different route. So we're going to put Revelation on pause. We'll come back to it next week. Uh, Today, I just want to hone in on some of the importance of what it means for God to be born as a human. I mean, this is really a a big deal when you think about it. If you were to look at the ancient Near East and all the religions out there and all these gods that they, they followed, I mean, the Hebrew faith stood out in an incredible way. The Old Testament, the God of gods that we worship as Christians, stood out in an incredible way versus all of these other gods. Because you see, all these other gods operated under what was known as the grand symbiosis, uh, taking you back to science class, right? We've got parasitic relationships. We've got symbiotic relationships. Anybody remember what symbiotic is? Both what? Both benefit, right. So this was the way in which all of these other gods in the ancient Near East operated. Humans, they taught were created to serve them. They are to bring them food. That's why they had sacrifices. You were feeding the gods. They were to build them temples that were their houses. They were to do all these other kinds of things. Whatever these gods wanted, they would ask humanity to do it. And it was expected that they lived up to that. Because if they lived up to that, The gods would then provide them with protection and wars. They might protect them. uh, They might uh, take care of them in other ways, might cause it to rain and take care of their crops. Whatever the case may be, this symbiotic, this grand symbiosis, this symbiotic relationship and all these other religions were like this, like, yeah, you both benefit, but really the gods just want to keep living their pampered lifestyle So they made you to take care of them. But then the Hebrews come along and they're like, "Uh, we serve the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. And yeah, we make sacrifices, but we understand like we're just having a meal with God in those moments. He doesn't need food. (laughs) He, He can survive whether we make sacrifices or not. Yeah, we build him temples, but even God himself tells David, he's like, why do you want to build me a temple? You think anything you build can be as glorious as like my heavenly temple where I already am? Come on, man. You know, but, but David's persistent, so God lets him, but God doesn't need them to build him a temple, anything like this. And so the Hebrews start telling this story about a God who made you, but doesn't need you. A God who wanted you to exist, not so that you could go so far as to serve him in every last way because he has everything he already needs, but rather a God who desired you to exist 
so that he could have relationship with you, so that you could bond with him, so that you could meet with him, hear from him. And yes, too, go on mission with him as he would send people out of Eden. The point was to be fruitful and multiply, not just for the sake of procreation, but so that people who already know what God's presence is like in Eden will now leave Eden and start making the whole earth look like Eden. It's the same thing in the New Testament. Jesus is like, now you follow me, that makes you a citizen of heaven. Now go into the rest of the world and as a citizen of heaven, start installing heaven there. So is there mission on God's behalf in the Bible? Yes. But did he create you because he needed you to feed him? No. Because he needed a house from you? No. Because any single thing that you could do would cause him to be sustained better? No. He made you because he loves you and because when he looked at the possibilities of what were down the road, he realized that life is better with you regardless of all the sins you've committed, regardless of all the evils you've done, regardless of how far your testimony goes. And Jesus comes along and he starts talking about how, how this God is so gracious that he takes care of people who don't care about him at all. Jesus says that God makes it rain on the just and the unjust, the righteous and the wicked. In other words, it does not matter how you live your life, what kind of sins you committed today and how evil you are. God will cause the same kind of rain to fall on you that falls on everybody else. You don't just walk through the streets of Jackson and see a house that like the grass is just rotting, right? Because, oh, they must be sitting. God makes the rain stop right here. <laughs> no, because this God is generous. He loves you so much that the Christians come along and they say, we've seen God revealed to us in a new light. It's, it's the same God that the Hebrews talked about. But the Hebrews told us that there were these words, these prophetic words, that one day down the road, God would do something new that would redeem us on this crazy grand scale. And we've met the guy who God did it through, and it was God himself. And so they start telling this bold story about how God actually came to earth, put on human flesh, and lived among us. Now that's something that still today we struggle to grasp. Because a lot of people today, they look at the supernatural things Jesus did, and they're like, oh, so that wasn't really a guy. No, 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 this was a guy, completely human, but also completely God. How does that work? Well, it's very easy. The very identity that is God decides I'm going to put restrictions on myself for a time by putting on a human body. Which means in the same way that people have to sleep, I will have to sleep because I'm fully human. In the same way that people have to eat, I will have to eat because I'm fully human. In the same way that people cry and have emotions and go through terrible twos, so will I cry and have emotions and go through terrible twos. <laughs> In the same way that people have sex drives and have to learn to control them, so will I have to face a sex drive and hormones and learn to control them. Everything that makes a human human, God says, I'm going to put that on and restrict myself in that body as being fully human. I'm still God, that's still my identity, but I will become human for a time to redeem humanity. 
And this just blows me away because all the other gods, all these other religions, again, you exist for their purposes. That's what they preach. That's what they want to be pampered. The last thing going through any of their minds would be, I'm going to go help humanity put on human flesh and, and, and bring myself to that lowly servant slave of a level. And yet that's what the one true God, the God of gods does. He puts on human flesh, goes all the way to, to what for him must be like an ant, right? Puts on human flesh and begins to live among us and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so when we look at Jesus, we're not just looking at any old person because this is God himself. And so God begins to show us what he truly looks like. He begins to preach what he truly looks like. And he begins to show us what heaven is truly like. And every step he takes begins to have this prophetic overtone to take us into this deeper and deeper place of what God is really like. And that is the amazing part of the story. Just the fact that God would go to that distance. He sent angels before. Surely you've had the thought go through your mind, well, God could just show up if you want to show up, make everything right. As great as that would be, And I would think like he would even maybe prefer that. He still was willing to say, I'm going to do it this way instead. To be made like lowly humans and live among them. And that's the crazy part about Christmas. You know, so often we're talking about Jesus's death. Ah, a God who is willing to die for us. Today, I want you to realize this Christmas, you also have a God who's willing to be born for you. When all the other spiritual beings would never want to be seen in such a lowly state, the God of gods is like, I will make myself like a servant, like a slave, not even just be human, but I'll wash their feet like a slave. I will go to the lowest rung to lift them up. I will die like a human. I will be born like a human. I will subject myself to that lowliness. So that's the beauty of the Christmas story for you to take away today. Not just a God who will die for you, but a God who is willing to be born for you in the first place. We all know what it's like even as human beings. When we move up the social ladder and things get nice and comfy and things are going well and we have everything we need, The last thing going through our mind is I'd really like to go to the bottom now. And God is so far beyond that. And then goes so low below that for you. And so we're going to sing a few Christmas songs as we continue to celebrate that Christmas story. The band's going to come up and uh, we'll have a prayer team in the back corner. If you need prayer for anything, please feel free to go ask. They would love to pray for you. Uh, But as we sing... Um, you can take on whatever posture you like. We just ask if you are able to stand. Would you start right now by standing with us?